welcome to the next episode of the Menace Two Picks podcast. JG the Joker here today with our Midwest Insider back visiting us to break down the Buckeyes. We also have our Menza Capper coming on later. Locktoberfest was crazy. Get signed up for November. Patreon.com forward slash Menace Two Picks. We are giving out winners on Instagram all month long. Go follow us on Instagram at Menace Two Picks. Also at Menace Two Picks on Twitter. Free picks on Instagram almost daily all throughout November. We're calling it Locks Giving. Enough all that. Get signed up. $15 a month, $25 a month, $40 a month for our premium package. $15 is our Infinity Locks and $25 is our exclusive. As we said, though, enough all that. Let's get to the show. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it! Clowney just says, I'll take care of business right here. I'll come off the ball and rock you and get it right back for our offense. Second and 10 for Fields. Fields to throw it. Pump fake. Sacks. Fires. Touchdown, Garrett Wilson. Now Burrow going to launch downfield for Chase. Who's got it? Touchdown, LSU! This is Menace to Picks. All right, for this first segment, we're going to welcome back our Midwest insider. Talk about the Buckeyes. This is going to be an Ohio State football uh, special here as the Buckeyes gear up for this stretch run. Our Midwest insider started us out this season, prepped us for, for what we, we could see. Uh, not a huge social media guy overall. You can follow him at um, Insider Midwest, but not a guy that tweets all day. Uh, kind of an old school uh, Midwest, Ohio State, Big Ten guy with some uh, tremendous insight. So we're going to take a look back at, at some of the preseason predictions and thoughts on the Buckeyes, as well as um, look ahead to these final three regular season games and hopefully a fourth game in the Big Ten Championship. So Midwest Insider, how are you feeling, sir? Oh, I'm feeling amazing. Thanks for having me back on the show. It's bittersweet. It seems like just yesterday we were talking preseason football and what do we have, four, four weeks left or three of the regular season? Incredible. It's gone by so fast, unfortunately, as always. <laughs> so I want, I, want to, uh, I want to do some player grades, um, just taking a look at some guys that we thought were going to be great or guys that, that we weren't sure on, and kind of let's talk about how, how, we, um, how we stacked up with some of our preseason and early season analysis compared to how the season has transpired and also looking ahead to what we expect. So start out here with the offensive line. Um, is the offensive line as good as, um, as you thought that Ohio State's offensive line was going to be? Are there certain guys that stand out trending up or trending down? That's a great – I'm glad you led with this because the O-line, I would argue, is the only unit on the team so far this year that has not improved. I would argue every single unit on the team has gotten gradually better as the year goes on, as you would expect. Um, But the O-line, you know, they started off hot. I I don't know if our listeners remember, but the Minnesota game, they were opening up holes that you and I could have ran through for 15 yards – uh, I just read a stat today that in the last two games, 
Ohio State has only one yard before contact in the run game. Um, that I think we were averaging around four or five before the last two games. So um, I would give the O-line a B overall because I do think they're uber talented. We have a lot of pros on that line. Um, but I would give them a B, and I probably would have given them an A had you asked me three weeks ago. Uh, I'm very concerned with the lack of physicality against elite or good. I wouldn't call Nebraska elite, but good defenses seem to be getting pushed. And that's very concerning with playoff and national championship aspirations. Um, One thing to consider that I just kind of remembered today was, I don't know if if everyone remembers, but Coach Studd had some sort of surgery mid-season and he was out for a couple of weeks. Ohio State kind of kept that close to the vest. Um, and I wonder if that has anything to do with their development, because it, it seems, you know, too big of a coincidence that the one unit on the team that hasn't really improved also had their position coach out for multiple weeks. Um, so I'd give them a B. How, how about you? Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I think a little less. I, I would probably have them in the C, C plus range. And this is going off just what I see, not pro football focus or anything like that. Um I mean, do we have any idea? Is, is Harry Miller, is he just not playing this year? Um, that, I have no idea what's going on with him. It's, I wish sometimes college was more like the NFL where they had to tell you because if that's, it's head scratching. So um, obviously the center position looks like not as strong as it had been with Josh Myers. Um, Paris Johnson has been an up and down player. Thayer Mumford's been a very good player, and um, I, I just don't know. I, I think they need to play better here down the stretch. Can Ohio State beat uh, the rest of these teams on their schedule? Sure, um, but they're they're not going to beat Georgia. You know, they're not going to beat Georgia unless some offensive line things get um, improved here. And I think they can. And the other thing, I think the coaching staff needs to do a better job. I don't like that Kevin Wilson is just so um, in love with zone blocking. You know, it it requires the offensive line to win in one-on-one situations. And Paris Johnson was just getting beat against Nebraska. So as you said, um, Travion Henderson's getting contact after just a a single yard. And as a young running back, you know, um, he's not where J.K. Dobbins was at the end of his career, where that's going to be an automatic five-yard gain. You know, he's getting tackled and and, and going down, he's not used to getting hit at the line of scrimmage. So um, I, I think that the play calling needs to improve a little bit. I want to see more counter. I want to see more power. I want to see Cade Stover in motion leading up through. I want to see um, Jeremy Rucker leading up through and just a little bit more help than expecting uh, the Ohio State offensive line to go one-on-one versus Penn State and Nebraska and Michigan and, and winning. Yeah, and I, I would argue that – you know, it's it's crazy that we're saying this now, because if you had asked me, you know, a month ago, I would have said the defense is the key to this year. But I would argue that if the O-line doesn't get it together and figure out how to win one on one and figure out a game plan that's going to work, that that would that is the single biggest concern that I have when we're talking playoffs and national championship, because the defense is who they are. Uh, and they've improved, but the O-line and the offense in general has to score points or we are going to be in big trouble. 
So starting, I mean, starting with the offensive line, you know, we took a decent amount of time talking about them. I don't think it will take quite as long on some of these other positions because it's pretty straightforward. Travion Henderson, you predicted, was going to be amazing. Um, you thought that he had potential to be one of the best running backs in Ohio State history, and it's obvious that you were correct with that. Uh, early on, I, I said that Mayan Williams would lead the team in rushing yards. Um, completely wrong on that. So you were all over Travion Henderson, and it's clear that he's one of the best players in the country. Yeah, I mean, I'd obviously give Travion an A, although I do think he's hitting a bit of a freshman um, slump that happens for all freshmen. He's just in the spotlight. Uh, I don't think he's quite strong enough to get through, get those two to three yards. I'd like to see Mayan and or Master used more in the short yardage situation. I, you know, we're, we're critiquing an A and uh, Travion was the worst kept secret this offseason before the you know, years started, everyone was like, oh, my God. And, and he, he's lived up to that and then some, in my opinion. But, um, you know, I think we're hitting a bit of a slump. It'd be nice to get the groove back against Purdue. That's a nice a nice team to, to get him back up in the 150, 200 yards rushing. I mean, we're seeing – we're used to seeing Ohio State dominate third and one and fourth and one over the last basically 10 years. Um and that's not been the case this year. I, I, I heard on the during the game, the broadcast at Ohio State, something like less than four, uh, 50% on fourth down this season. So um, That's astonishing. They continue to go, and they don't win on those plays. It's a, To me, it's a product of, like you said, not winning one-on-ones, um, Travion not being strong enough to get through there like Nick Chubb did against the Bengals to get in the end zone on his, on his short touchdown run where there was nothing there. Um, and he still got through the Bengals defense. We're not, so he's not that guy yet. And then uh, the lack of QB run game is problematic. So they got to be better in, in those short yard situations. And that's going to yeah. be. And that's, that's on the coaching to me too. I, I, I was sitting there with, you know, I liked the play that I think was fourth and two when we threw a 30 yard pass to Rucker through the seam. It's like, okay, that's creative, but it's Ohio state versus Nebraska line up and get the two yards, run the ball down their throat. And that, that just didn't sit well with me, but um, I'd still give him an A. Like I said, I mean, Travion is going to be, you know, a Heisman hopeful the next three years. So uh, another guy that, that, that you said on the show, quote, quote, exactly. Jackson Smith and Jigba is just as good as Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. He's currently ranked as the number one player graded by Pro Football Focus um, as a wide receiver in the Big Ten. So um, talk to me about Jackson Smith and Jigba and this Ohio State wide receiving core that's just been – I mean, they're an A, period. They're an A+. Yeah, plus. There's, there's not a lot to say. I mean, it's, it's an embarrassing of the riches. Uh, I will credit Chris Olave for the Jackson Smith uh, prediction. Chris Olave was interviewed over the summer – and they asked, I forget the context of the question, but his answer was, I thought I was a good receiver until Jackson Smith got here. And that was, you know, when the players are saying that kind of stuff, that's eye-opening to me and um, good for Jackson to, to show, showcase his talent, especially what he had the most receptions in Ohio State history. I mean, bravo, bravo. <laughs> right. So then again, you got Garrett, obviously, didn't play against Nebraska. He tweeted out that everything's fine and, and he's going to be back in no time. So um, Garrett's been fantastic as well. And you look at Julian Fleming, he, he had a big catch in the game that somehow didn't get uh, counted as a catch. Uh, the game would have been over 
if the officials would have credited him with the catch that he made on the sideline, that was a baffling call to me. Um, we've seen Marvin Harrison get in there and mix it up a little bit. Um, who and else have we Nick seen? Buka has been phenomenal in my opinion, especially on, on kickoff returns, but I think he's the next. I, th- I love Harrison. I love Fleming, but I think Igbuka is the next guy to oh. explode next season. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, a plus for the for the receivers. Last thing on the offense, CJ Stroud. I'll start out talking about CJ. I think CJ is really good. Uh, I think he's had a tremendous year. I think he's got a great chance to be the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. It's going to be between him or Kareem Walker um, from uh, Michigan State. Uh, I, I think CJ's been great. I would give CJ probably a B plus on the season. His two picks were both pretty bad against uh, Nebraska. But he hasn't done that much this season, and I would I love that it was against Nebraska and not against Michigan. Um, I love that it was in that spot and not, you know, late in the fourth quarter when Ohio State was losing. So I think um, CJ has been really good as far as the run game is concerned. He got a lot of controversy from saying, "I'm not a running back; I'm a passer," (laughs) and uh, I, I I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of a weird comment, but at the same time, he's got a freaking cannon, and right. uh, he's I mean, well, lit he's up. probably probably tired of getting asked that every other freaking question by the media too. <laughs> right. And he's I mean he's he's lighting up Big Ten defenses, and he's going to be fine here down the stretch if he's got time. He's been picking people apart. Of course, he's throwing to great players, but he's also putting the ball on dots. So um, for me, I've been happy with CJ this year. That being said, I do not think it's a guarantee that he's the starter next year over Quinn Ewers. I, I don't. I think that I think he's going to finish this season, whether Ohio State goes on to win a national championship or not. I think that after this season's over, he's going to have to fight for the job next year with Quinn Ewers. Yeah, and he should, right? I mean, we 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 saw what Oklahoma did with Spencer Rattler, who really had a up and down rookie season, but um, you know. It's an open competition. It should be always. That's what gets the best out of these players. Um, so I totally agree with that. I think CJ will have to fight with McCord and Ewers. And I, sadly, I don't think Jack Miller will be there next year. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion unless CJ really elevates his game to the next level. And I agree. I like the B+. I'm, I'm a CJ Stroud guy. I, I was pretty hard on him at the beginning of the year. But I think he's – he's had a phenomenal season in my opinion. Um, my only critique on him, I'd like to see him be a little bit more of a leader. I want to see, you know, and we, and we don't, we're not at practice and we're not in the huddles, but it seems like he's a little tentative, gets rattled a little easily, but he's also what 19 years old, uh, his first year starting for Ohio state. So uh, that would be my one critique is I want to see, I'd love to see him get pissed off in the huddle and get in one of those linemen's face who miss a block. Uh, I don't care about the run thing. I thought I liked the, we did have a bit of a wrinkle. I didn't, haven't seen the option uh, all year. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I saw a couple option plays against Nebraska. He did keep on the zone read once or twice. Uh, so, but he's, I mean, he's, he's not a running back, but I would like to see him tuck it and run if he, you know, it's third and four and he's got those four. He's been throwing that ball when he's had those yards, you know, against Michigan or, you know, I want, I want him to, to go get those yards if it's there. But, um, you know, I, I like CJ. I think, I think he'll finish strong. 
Uh, is I it, give him a B plus. Too, is it possible that some of those QB keeps are literally waiting in the playbook for third and four against the Michigan Wolverines? <laughs> I I'd like to think so because you know they're going to be selling out, and I think I think they had him keep a couple times against Nebraska just to put it out there. But um, you know there's going to be a big third and three or whatever that CJ keeps and goes for about 30 yards. I, I love that call. That's if that you, will happen. And if you remember last year, he took off for like a 50 yard run, right? Yeah. He didn't throw, he didn't have any passes last year. <laughs> I think he had like three or four runs. So people were thinking, okay, is this another fields? But he's not, he's, he's not just in fields. He does have some athleticism. He can escape the pocket, but he's a throw first quarterback. And, you know, that's what he was in high school. And, you know, I, I don't love that he, he – he must have been a little pissed off with the media, and I don't blame him. Uh, he'll, he'll learn. He's 19 years old. Um, you know, he, he could have just said, I'll do whatever it takes for my team to win. But um, CJ's had a nice year, and I think, you know, he finished strong. He could win the Heisman this year. And he, you know, that's, that's Ohio State for you. It's, yeah, where we're, <laughs> the fans are bitching about a guy that's, like, third in the Heisman voting right exactly, now. Exactly. Um, so – just quickly on Ruckert, G. Scott, and um, Kate Stover. I mean, are they a, are they a B? Uh, I I'd give them a C because the PFF grades for their blocking has been really really poor this year. Um, we've been putting in that uh, his name's escaping. I was just thinking of his name, Rossi. In when we need to block, um, that's not good. But uh, I'd give a C or a B. Um, their blocking has been subpar and Ruckert and Stover have graded out really poorly past few games, but I don't trust those, you know, you miss one block and it, and it totally tanks your score. So I don't put a lot of stock into that stuff, but it is a good gauge of kind of how, how guys play that you didn't really notice. Ruckert has proved, um, has, has, you know, proved in in his career that he steps up in big moments. So I don't worry about Ruckert, you know, when he has to catch the ball in a big spot. Absolutely. Um, you know, he dropped the t- – that would have been a tough catch. And the, the, how about the uh, the uh, Nebraska linebackers were fantastic in the no, game. they were. They were all over the field. So uh, kind of an underrated group nationally, I think. Those linebackers are, are better than Ohio State's linebackers. Um, Nebraska is the best three win team in the country. I can promise that. <laughs> right. So hopping over to defense, start with the defensive line, start in the interior. We had the thick six with Jerron cage. You know, it's, it's been a rotation of, of bigs up front and they've done well this season. I, I obviously Haskell Garrett's one of the best in the country. I mean, they're, they're a B plus for me, uh, at least, uh, the big boys up front. Yeah, I would go a minus with this group. They were a little quiet early, but, Quietly, Ohio State is leading the country in sacks. They're tied with I forget who. Um, and if you're leading the country in sacks, to me, that's some sort of an A. Um, the D line, the defensive ends, it took them a little bit. Tyreek was out. Um, but Zach Harrison's had a couple big plays. Tyreek's starting to play like he did against Clemson last year, which this team needs. And then JTT and Sawyer are starting to come on. Look out, um, Sawyer. Only had a few snaps, but he jumped off the screen to me against Nebraska. And the D tackles obviously got Haskell and Tyleek the Freak, who's going to be phenomenal here. We haven't heard from him these last couple games. Yeah, he didn't play a whole lot versus Penn State, but I think Antoine Jackson had the game of his life. So, you know, you got to go with the hot hand sometimes. 
Uh, um, Baptiste got in there, had a big sack against Nebraska as well. So, yeah, uh, the defensive line has been formidable. And to me, the defensive line is good enough. Um, they are good enough to win the Big Ten Championship, and they are good enough to compete in the college football playoff, the defensive absolutely. line. Uh, the linebackers continue to be a question mark. It appears to me that Steel Chambers is the best linebacker on the team. Uh, before the season, you know, you you were really uh, hopeful for our boy number 30, and he's been hot and cold. Um, so thoughts on the linebackers? Uh, by far the weakest group on the team uh, by a lot. Um, it's it's kind of embarrassing for the rest of the team that Steel Chambers is your best linebacker, and he was a running back two months before the year started. Uh, but he is, and I think it's I think the fans see it, and I I would only take him out if he was winded at this point. Um, Mitchell, uh, he's been really really bad, especially in pass coverage. Uh, I think he can get some reps against a Wisconsin or Iowa. But if there's any chance they're going to pass, he cannot be in the game. He only got like 10 snaps against Nebraska, which was a little eye-opening to me. Um, Eichenberg has gotten better each game. He was the whipping boy early on, but I think he's starting to make plays and come around. Um, Simon, I think he must be hurt. I think I've read that his shoulder is still acting up. Um, He's been a, a, a pretty big disappointment for me based on the hype that I was reading preseason. But, um, you know, I would have given them an F a month ago, and I think they've worked their way up to maybe a D-plus, C-minus. They played their best game against Nebraska as a unit, which was good to see. So they're improving, and, um, you know, we don't have any All-Americans out there, but, um, you know, just keep getting better and keep you in the game. This group to talk about, uh, the corners, I'll start. I have corners as an A. I, I have no, nothing negative to say about the corners at all. I think they're fantastic. Um I think, obviously, Denzel Burke has been the, one of the surprise players in the country. Uh, he's one of the best freshmen in the country and one of the best freshman corners we've seen at Ohio State, which is saying a lot. Um, Seven Banks is fine, and Cam Brown is really good. Uh, so the corners have been great, and they are good enough, again, to, to be a national championship um, kind of caliber uh, unit. Yeah, A for me as well. Denzel Burke, I mean, I would argue – at least in the past 30 years, and that was, you know, before my time, before that, that he's been the best freshman corner ever to play at Ohio State. Enough said there. That's an A+. Um, Cam Brown has been great since he's been back. I think he's been a bit of a surprise because it wasn't, you know, some players can't come back from that Achilles injury. We've seen guys with be a step slow after that, but he's been phenomenal. And Banks has improved. He, you know, I, I don't know what was going on with him at the beginning of the year. But he's been playing well down the stretch. Uh, so A, A, A plus on the corners, which is amazing because I thought that was going to be the biggest question mark going into this year. The, the safeties lost their best player to start the season. Uh, number 41, Josh Proctor, who we had as a guy that could potentially lead the team in tackles and interceptions this year, um, has not played this season. So the Buckeyes use primarily at this point Lathan Ransom and Bryson Shaw. And I have them as a as a D and I'm just trying to be generous. I think the safeties are, are poor. Um, and another part of the team that, that could cost the Buckeyes in a huge game. Yeah. So I'm going to give them a C plus because I'm going to include Ronnie Hickman. Um, totally I, forgot about, I Ronnie. think he's um, a safety totally slash linebacker. He's been, yeah. He, he's been great. 
so if we include Hickman there, wh wherever he gets included, they get a bump. So I'm just going to include him in the safeties and I'll give them a bump. But you're right. I mean, Shaw, he has improved, but he's still a liability. He looks like he's running in quicksand and I, and I, I don't mean to rip on the kid. He has been getting better. The, the two safety look suits him much better than when they tried to throw him out there. I mean, that's that's the single high is the the hardest position in football, if not quarterback, maybe. But the single high is, you know, you're out there on an island. So uh, blessing in disguise, maybe that, that, you know, Proctor got hurt. You know, he's I hope he comes back next year and plays. But it got them out of that look. And I think this, the too high safety has been, you know, it's paid off, in my opinion, with the defense improving. <laughs> Um, Latham has been a disappointment to me this year because I, you know, he came on strong last year at the end of the year, had a really good game against Clemson and he's kind of been lost. Uh, I haven't seen him really make many plays. If any, I can't really think of any big plays he's made. I think he maybe he had a sack a few weeks ago, but, um, yeah, if, if you don't include Hickman, I agree. It's, it's a D if you do, I'd bump it up to a C because I think he's had a phenomenal year. Yeah, Roddy Hickman's been the surprise player for me on the defense outside of Denzel Burke. Um, he's been the other one. I'm pretty sure he – does he lead the team in tackles? Um, that's a good question. I'd have to look it up, but I would I would bet a lot of money he does. Tackling machine, um, another surprise player. We get into special teams. Ohio State might have the best kicker in the country, and no <laughs> Ruggles. Um, not only does he make them, they are right down the middle. So, Noah Ruggles – statistically has had the best season in Ohio state history. Uh, he's the only kicker that's ever been perfect at this point in the season. So he's perfect. He has done nothing wrong. Um, hopefully he gets that miss out of his system in a game that doesn't matter because it's going to happen. So um, no, maybe not, maybe he has a perfect year, but uh, a plus for the kicker. I would give Jesse micro a B a C. He doesn't get a lot of opportunities, which is good. Um, it doesn't seem like he has a giant leg, but he has pinned a few got few teams deep. So oh, I'll give him a B. I, I have I have the punter lower. Uh, my expectations for Ohio State punting is they down the ball at the one yard line. <laughs> so right, uh, and obviously that's a hyperbolic statement, but Ohio State has been so elite at punting and their punt coverage for the last ten years. Uh, Jesse Murko has been a step back from that. So let's talk coaching. Um, we'll start out with our offensive staff. Kevin Wilson and co. Um, how would you, how would you rank them? Oh, that's a good question. I, I, I think that um, Ryan day has been out coached a lot this year, which keep in, mind, keep in mind, they, I think they do have the number one offense in the country. Yes, they do. I, so that is true. However, the, the physical domination at the line versus Oregon, Penn state and Nebraska uh, removes any ability for me to give them an A. So I would, I would probably go B's around the board. Um, Ke Kevin Wilson is the unhung, unsung hero of this offense. He gets no recognition. Uh, to me, he's the best offensive coach on the staff. Um, I, well, I, Brian Hartline obviously gets an A+. Plus. Let's, let's just exclude him. I, th um, I think he might be an Ohio State wide receiver coach for life, which is awesome. We're so blessed to have him as our wide receivers coach. Uh, Kevin Wilson, I'd give him a B minus C plus the, usually he has some amazing run schemes. Um, if you remember the, the Clemson game, he had a, a brand new scheme that he rolled out really the past two Clemson games. 
where we just ran all over them. And I credit Kevin Wilson for that because he's our run game coordinator. Um, but I think it's been lacking a little bit, specifically the last few weeks and specifically against elite defenses. Um, Stud, I would give an N.A. just because he's been hurt. And I don't know – I don't know how – and like I said at the beginning of the show, I don't know if that has anything to do with the O-line kind of sputtering a bit. So I'm going to give him an N.A. Uh, and Ryan Day, I'm going to give a C. Um, I know that's harsh, but he's gotten out coached a few times this year, which is fine. I still wouldn't want to have anybody else in the country. So let me just say that. Uh, but he has been out coached a few times and gotten a little too cute for my liking, but overall I'd give the whole group a B, uh, B plus. What about you? Um, tough here. Uh, first of all, I want to comment on Heartline. No chance he gets an A plus for me for the simple fact that Jamison Williams is the best player offensively for for Alabama <laughs> and um well would you rather have Jackson or 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 Williams in the slot I, I want them both I want I want both of them available I, I want him returning kicks and punts and getting the ball in jet sweeps and doing everything that Bama's doing and take this offense to a whole new level um so yeah I, I don't know there's more I, I think you have to take he he has to get a little bit of heat for um allowing Jamison Williams to walk. That's just my personal opinion. Um, you'd, uh, especially to go to Alabama, a team that you could play in the playoffs and beat you in the national championship last year. So um, offensive staff, I, I, I mean, you got to go probably B minus. I think it's a great point about even though they're leading the national, the, the nation um, or number one, in the nation in offense, the fact that as you, as you've stated, they've been average against great teams or very good teams. They're going to have to prove that down the stretch for hopefully it'll end up being an A. Ryan Day, I'm going to go probably B minus uh, again. Hopefully uh, those grades will change here down the stretch. So uh, defensively, go ahead. So defensively, I'm going to give Kerry Combs and people might fall out of their chair, but I'm going to give him an A plus because of his selflessness um, and some of his comments about, you know, it was really hard for him to kind of be demoted, give Matt Barnes kind of the the play calling duties. And um, he's just a great man and a great representation of this university. Um, And, you know, everybody, no matter what you do in life can look at what he's done, taking it in stride um, and, and really continued to put a good product on the field, especially with the cornerbacks. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being, yeah, I, I'm putting him in an A plus because of the person he is and what he, the sacrifices he made for the university. And what the um, fans, what the fans don't see is 6 a.m. Uh, practice. Kerry Combs has got more energy than anybody. Exactly. They, yeah, they don't I, see I, that. They I don't love see Coach their, Combs. They don't see their relationships. They don't see him hugging players at practice. And players texting him, I love you, coach, stuff like that. They don't see those. The, the fans don't see those things, and that's why Kerry Combs is Kerry Combs. Exactly, exactly. So he gets an A-plus. He always will. He's one of the, the most genuine coaches in the country, in my opinion. Um, I'm also going to give Matt Barnes an A-plus because of him coming onto the scene and really revamping this defense. I mean, it was really, really bad the first three weeks. And they've quietly started to come into the top 25 on a lot of statistics. 
And for a guy that was coached special teams three years ago, be thrown into the heat of, you know, Ohio State's venomous fans. Um, you know, I can't imagine the tweets that were gone out the first three weeks. By the way, if you're tweeting at the coaches and the players, stop. That's just embarrassing. I'm sorry. I need to say it. But uh, just stop doing that. It, these guys are, you know, like you just mentioned, coming in at 6 a.m. and doing everything for this university that they can, de- uh, you know, devoting their entire lives so, you know, maybe more praise if you're going to do some. Anyways, I'll get off my soapbox. I would give Matt Barnes an A+. I would give Larry Johnson a B+, A-, probably match the D-line grade. Um, obviously, there's not much to be said about Larry. He's a legend. He should have a statue in multiple places. And I would give Al Washington a D. I think Al's unit has been really bad, and I think it's embarrassing that a guy that wasn't playing linebacker two months before the season is your best linebacker. Um, I would have given him an F. So he has improved. And if they keep improving, you know, these are, these scores aren't final. If they keep improving, I could see him ballooning up to a B if they keep getting better. So um, all these scores have room to improve. Uh, Who am I? I, Is that it? We have four defense coach. Yeah, I think that's it. So those are my grades. Totally agree with basically all of those. Um, yeah, I think Al Washington, they, they need to get better. I, I don't know whether he's too nice to those guys or wants to include everybody, but it's obvious that um, they haven't they haven't known this season who their best players are, but they still need to figure that out and put those teams, put those guys on the field. Uh, is Ohio State going to win out uh, and go to Indianapolis? Um, sorry, I forgot t- Tony Alford, our running backs coach. I'm going to give him an A- minus or A as well. Sorry, I forgot Tony. But he's done a phenomenal job at the running back. Sorry, can you repeat the question? Will Ohio State win out and go to the uh, go to Indianapolis as the Big Ten East champion? I'm going to say yes. I think that the O line will get things figured out. Whether that's uh, having a wrinkle with I forget what year it was, maybe 2005 when Andre Tyree came in against Michigan, hadn't played all year, lined up as a tight end. He was our backup tackle. And they just had no answer. So um, I think you, know, you made a comment that is day saving that QB keep for Stroud. I think day's saving quite a bit of things. And I think that's in his nature. He always comes in with a great game plan against elite teams. I think he had a good game plan on offense versus Alabama, even though it didn't work out. But he always has the team dialed up for big games. And guess what? We only have big games left on the schedule because – my guess is Purdue's going to climb into the rankings um, tomorrow night. I think that is at seven when they come out with the college football playoff rankings. And we're going to finish with, you know, potentially, what is that? Four ranked teams plus maybe two more, hopefully. And I think we went out and I think we're in the playoffs. And um, I think we'll get some things solved, particularly around the O-line. And we'll keep improving on defense. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I don't think, I mean, Purdue's a 20-point underdog. Um, that would be a shocking upset. I think that um, Vegas is obviously stating a fact that they don't see this game being very competitive. Um, that was su- that that was surprising to me. Twenty points seems like a lot, but um, you know I think that Purdue's good for a couple of those magic games each year, and I hope they've already got those two out of their system. <laughs> yeah, the lines that have looked fishy this year have ended up being fishy. Ohio State was favored by fifty over Akron and covered. 
Um, they were only favored by 23 over Tulsa, didn't cover. Um, they were only favored by 14 and didn't cover this week. So some of the lines that, that you've been a little bit looking at in a confused fashion have come true. Um, Michigan State doesn't have a prayer to beat Ohio State. When I'm watching the Michigan Wolverines throw the ball all over the field up in East Lansing on um, Michigan, making Michigan State look like, you know, like they've done the last couple of years, like they, they've they made them look terrible on defense. Um, yeah, if we can get the O-line figured out, I agree. I think that if the O-line gets out, out manned at the line of scrimmage, we could lose to anybody, but I'm going to say they do. So I, I don't see any chance that if CJ Stroud has time that they, that Michigan state has the back end to stop Ohio state. Um, Michigan has not beat Ohio state nor performed well in any capacity for a very long time. So I think by nature, the Buckeyes are favored by more than 10 points in every game. Um, they should go through, but Midwest insider, we appreciate you coming on. Um, Best Thank you, luck sir. to the Buckeyes here down the stretch. I know that's your that's your uh, your passion. So hopefully we'll get you on. Maybe heading into the playoffs. Yep, Ohio State, Georgia national championship in Indy. Calling it now. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. All right, breaking down week eleven of college football. We have our Menza handicapper coming on with us, and we're excited to break down quickly just a minute or two each of the college football games. And then we'll hop over to NFL. We'll start right away. We just finished with our Midwest Insider talking about the Buckeyes. Buckeyes minus 20. Big spread against the now top 20 ranked Purdue Boilermakers. They've labeled themselves the Spoilermakers because they've been wrecking seasons. Is this a game that that worries you, Menza? Welcome to the show, first of all. Is this a game that worries you or the Buckeyes going to cover? You know what? This is a game I I really do think that the, the Buckeyes issues right now are fixable, which is why I think they can cover in this game. I mean, they're, they're, the major issues have been the red zone efficiency in the last couple of weeks. I mean, obviously against Penn State and Nebraska, having to settle for field goals is not ideal. Um, and I think once they can, uh, once they figure out a way to get a little more push on that offensive line and figure out ways to just get the ball to Olave and Wilson, your playmakers in the red zone, um, then you know that that they can easily cover that spread. Uh, I think I think that, that's a quick fix. The defense I think should be ready. I think Elvis talk about David Bell. You know he's he he he's a stud receiver. I don't think he's a Rondale Moore by any means, but um, I, it'll be interesting to see how Denzel Burke does against him. I think that's a that's a key matchup to look forward to as well. Vegas making it obvious that they do not believe that Purdue has the facilities to upset the Buckeyes in this game. That'd be a massive upset, three touchdowns. Yeah. And that's where, like, like you said, Vegas is telling you right there, how come Nebraska was only getting 14 and a half? Granted it was at Nebraska, but Purdue has upset Iowa and Michigan state in recent weeks. And now all of a sudden coming in hot, they're 20 and a half point dogs. So I don't know. It's, I feel like that's Vegas trying to tell you something right there. We are up units. Uh, We're up over 30 units on the Buckeyes for the season. Um, the goal is always to be up by the end of the season. So you'll have to get on Patreon to find our official picks. But for me, looking at that spread, they're daring you to take Purdue. This could be a Buckeye blowout. Um, next game in the Big Ten to talk about is a pick em. Penn State at home against Michigan. I think Vegas is pretty accurate with their assessment of this matchup. It's just two kind of even teams right now. Your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, really, it's it's going to come down to I think how Penn State can uh, defend those Michigan backs and Haskins and Corum. I mean, they've been they've been running the ball at will for most of the season, other than that Michigan State game where they struggled. Um, and I mean, for Penn State, it's it's like how 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 much can you rely on Sean Clifford to win a to to win you a big game? I I, I feel like I feel like the Wolverines get it done. But I don't know. The, really, the under is what's appealing to me in that game. I know. I know you're high in the under as well. I'm all over the under. Give me Penn State to win. Give me the under, and um, going to be an exciting game to watch. But uh, I don't see either team willing to sacrifice much uh, as far as their defensive integrity is concerned. So mm. it's going to be tough. Field goal fest. Penn State wins seventeen sixteen. That's my prediction. I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, last one's Oklahoma. Quickly, they're on the road at Baylor. They're a five and a half, six point favorite. Probably a little pissed off for their their ranking nine and zero. They can't even get in the top seven. Um, so, are they going to go in and are they going to beat Baylor? They looked a little bit better than they did early in the season. They definitely do. And the biggest thing for Oklahoma right now is the style point aspect. I mean, they've won by single digits. What? I believe it's six times this year or actually, well, no, Kansas, they ended up winning by, I think the two scores there, but you know, they were trailing the, the Kansas Jayhawks yeah. in the fourth quarter. So exactly. Exactly. And I mean, got kind of, you know, got lucky against Texas. They came back in that red river rivalry, but Kansas state was a close one. Nebraska was close. West Virginia, Tulane. I mean, a lot of those games have been close for them and they're at that point now. Yeah. They're undefeated. Start, you know, you start com- uh, compiling a couple of blowouts here to end the season and they should find themselves right in that uh, top four spot. And I think, you know, they, they can, they can control the game against Baylor uh, this weekend. Um, you know, I haven't watched a ton of Baylor this year, but they're, They've kind of gotten away with some close wins as well. And against Texas, um, they beat BYU and uh, West Virginia pretty handedly. But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like this is a game. This game means more for Oklahoma than it does for Baylor. This is a no-pick game for me. I don't know how this game is going to go. Wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma turns it on and covers, but also wouldn't be surprised if they're just as fraudulent as the college football playoff believes they are mm-hmm. and they lose this game. So Menza will keep you here another couple minutes to break down the NFL quickly. Browns on the road. It's basically a pick em line uh, as the Browns lines have been all year. Um, they've been really tight because you don't know what you're going to get when, when you watch the Cleveland Browns play, they looked great against the Bengals. Granted uh, it was a lock of the month for, for us. However, um, Bengals drive right down the field and on the goal line throw a hundred yard pick six to Denzel Ward that totally shifted the entire um yeah, that was of, huge makeup of the game. Um the Bengals go in and score a touchdown there. You, you gotta wonder how that game would look. Would it be would it be the same? Oh, maybe 100%. so, maybe not. Um so Browns and Patriots. Patriots are playing good football and they have a tremendous quarterback in Mac Jones. They do. I think the biggest key for me right now, and I saw the stat earlier, which is uh uh, the Browns are the only team in the NFL to rank in the top three in uh, rushing efficiency and also uh, total defensive efficiency. And I think that speaks volumes uh, for, you know, this stretch of games where they need to win in order to get back into the into the hunt in the AFC North. Um, they got New England on the road this week and then Detroit next week following a two game in three weeks. They got a bye week in between against Baltimore. Uh 
Baltimore by Baltimore. So this is a game I think the Browns, is a, it's, it's a must win for them because the schedule a- after Detroit is going to get a little tougher for them uh, with Baltimore twice and then uh, Green Bay as well. Um, so I think I think this is a game the Browns can win. The the fact that uh, the game is in Foxborough is is a little is um, a little daunting uh, for me. It's probably this game would probably be a no pick for me because the Patriots at home have always been you know traditionally great. But I think the Browns I think they have what it takes to get it done on the road. But again, I just think it would be a no pick for me. I'm on the I'm on, excuse me I'm on the Patriots hard here. I think the the Bengals game, as I alluded to, is a little bit of fool's gold as far as just the way it went down. The Bengals were moving the ball early, and the Browns were able to pick up some fumbles mm-hmm. and uh, a pick that was thrown into their lap. I think the Patriots are really good. One thing I love about the Cleveland Browns is their ability to outscheme you with Kevin Stefanski. He's a brilliant offensive mind. The Patriots are not a team that gets outschemed. Um, that you, you know you're not gonna out execute them like trick them you know you're basically gonna have to beat them at football and uh i'm not sure the browns have the capacity to do that so mm-hmm. just i think this line's a little bit inflated whereas say the Bengals would have beat the browns last week to me the patriots would be a five-point favorite yeah the, the fact that the, the browns won that game um and for whatever reason the baker mayfield has played well against the cincinnati Bengals, and then yes. turns around sometimes in other weeks and doesn't look great so, but I wonder how much of that is again, it's for some reason the anomaly of OBJ with without OBJ, Baker is seemingly a different quarterback, which doesn't make sense. Um, other than the fact that maybe you know he doesn't have to worry about you know peppering in the ball so Odell doesn't complain on the sideline. But I mean, again, the Browns didn't rely on the passing game much last week, but uh, at least in the second half of last year, we saw a different Baker in the first half versus the second half without OBJ. And I think, um, I think we'll see two good quarterback plays um, in that game with the, with, uh, with Mac Jones playing some good football as of late. And I think, uh, I think Baker can have another good game as well. I'll let you pick um, as we run out of time here, pick, one other NFL game that's been on your mind that, that you're looking forward to on Sunday. All right. I mean, if I got to go with one, I think, uh, geez. All right. I would say a big game for me is the, uh, is the chargers against the Vikings. The chargers are kind of uh, due for a bounce back performance. They've struggled, uh, as of late. I mean, they did, uh, against the, um, Against the, the Eagles. Eagles, they yeah. ended up winning that game. Yeah, um, but you know what? The Chargers are in a position now against the Vikings uh, to really take control of that um, of that uh, AFC West division, and I think that's a big game for them in terms to show that they're ready to take that next step into becoming an elite team. Because I re- I'm really high on Justin Herbert this year. He's been phenomenal, um, and I think that uh, that defense has been great as well. And I think they can shut down uh, Kirk Cousins and company in that one. I like that. That's a um, a nice pick. I'm gonna ride with the Chiefs um, playing the Raiders. For whatever reason, the Raiders have, or excuse me, the the Raiders have um, been crushing spreads, and uh, I, I just don't know if that's gonna happen against the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have found a little bit of something defensively, and uh, they're due for a huge prime time performance. They obviously haven't covered much, but you go on the road and. Um, you're a little, you're a short favorite, two and a half points. I'd play the Chiefs on the money line, yeah. And um, for them to kind of get back to business, they have one, two in a row. Um, I believe both kind of ugly wins. They were home wins against the Green Bay Packers, as well as right before that against Danny Dimes and the New York Giants. 
So now here's an opportunity for them to to really um, make a statement of being back on the national scene with that third win in a row, a road game in a divisional matchup. So I'll roll Chiefs. You roll Chargers. I like I like both those, and honestly, like you said, I mean, you're almost on borrowed time if you're the rest of the NFL in terms of how long is it going to take until Mahomes and company get back on track because they've they haven't really looked good for the past two weeks, like you said, and we know what they're capable of capable of doing on offense. So I think that's a great pick right uh, there. I think, and a, I think lot that's of, a, and a lot great of value. The, a lot of those things just turnover wise, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago with them against the Giants, Travis Kelsey basically dropped the ball. Um, they're driving yeah. down the field in the second half. Mm-hmm. Going to take the game to two touchdown game, and uh, Kelsey just fumbles. That's not going to always happen. So I look for a huge game for Kelsey. Uh, yeah. I like him in the props, and um, yeah, I like the Chiefs. So Ben's a capper. Appreciate you coming on. And uh, right. next time we we'll get you on, maybe we'll have a little more time for you. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me, JG. All right, brother. All right. And here we go. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it! Cloudy just says, I'll take care of business right here. I'll come off the ball and rock you and get it right back for our offense. Second and 10 for Fields. Fields to throw it. Pump fake. Sacks. Fires. Touchdown, Garrett Wilson. Now Burrow going to launch downfield for Chase. Who's got it? Touchdown, LSU! This is Menace to Picks.